One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And Marie, I'm just going out to the studio to speak to Michael Waldron about the work of the week. I'll be back in a few minutes. Bye, love. Oh, what a lovely morning. Anyway, the studio is down at the bottom of the garden. It's in a cellar underneath the shed, so we're working from home now, like everybody else. But our setup is just a bit different. Just cross the lawn. That's the pond there. And here's the shed. And open the door and then down the steps into the dungeon, as we call it. So, see you in a minute. Yeah, just walking down the steps. Down, down until we get to the big door and then we'll be into the studio which is totally soundproof perfect for making programs studio ready to uh, as Henry says turn on the mainframe fire up the DeLorean Michael, I'm actually looking forward to this chat every week. So it always means that at the end of the week, well, I feel kind of intellectually fed, at least, you know. But in this case, it's actually also sometimes social commentary. And this is very much a case this week with a piece by Muriel Brandt called The Breadline. And it's also part of a celebration of an anniversary that has taken place this weekend as well. It is indeed. So The Breadline 1916 is not a, a huge painting by any stretch. It's only two foot across and we're using it to mark 
the anniversary of the Easter Rising, yeah. kind of that final week of April mm. in 1916. The painting itself considers the aftermath of the Rising itself. Not the usual image we would get, no. but a sequel, if you will, or the, the follow-on from from what happened in, in that kind of tumultuous time. Yeah, the painting was actually done in the 1950s, am I right? It was. It was purchased through the Gibson Bequest Fund here in the Crawford Art Gallery yeah. in 1958. Right. But we believe it was painted probably on the cusp of 1950. Yeah, so that means she's had time to kind of think back Whereas a lot of people would look back on the 1916 Rising in the 50s as having been a turning point in the country's independence, as indeed we've done when we've been celebrating it ourselves the last few years. But in this case, she's looking at the consequences on women and children and also on the food supply, because according to the blurb that you've written this week about it, the nearby Dublin Bread Company was one of the consequences. It was destroyed as a result of the conflict that took place on Easter weekend. It was, and I presume many other bakeries. Yeah. It was a large bakery on Sackville Street, now O'Connell Street. Yeah. And of course, if we think of O'Connell Street and the, the area around it in 1916, between the actions of the rebels in the GPO and adjoining buildings, but also the gunboat Helga on the Liffey and so on. It's an extraordinary time and so much has been written about it and there's so much photography from that time. But Mm. actually, Muriel Brandt brings it into colour and she also tells a a different story. And that is, I suppose, the hardships that it caused for for many in, in, who lived in the city centre of Dublin yeah. and didn't have access to food because the shops were, were gone, mm. presumably looting as well. You know, People needed to make ends meet and so on. But here you have a scene where the Daughters of Charity in their very distinctive habit and headwear are assisting those who, who, need, who need sustenance and who need bread. They're the new uniform that has to take over the consequences. And indeed... The funny thing that caught my eye about them is you don't see any faces. You might see a little bit of the nuns' faces, but they're more or less anonymous, quietly working away, looking after the women and looking after the children. And that's all you actually see in the picture is mostly women and children. And I counted the amount of women, children, babies, little boys and girls. It was over 20 of them formed in this queue outside the ruins of some of the buildings in Sackville Street. And the only men you see, where are they? Well, they're in the background, and I suppose we can read into that what we will. They're in the background, and they're not participating in this queuing. No. But they're also fully armed, and they are in uniform. These are the British soldiers who surround the base of Nelson's Pillar, once a mainstay of of that landscape. And so it's reasserting right in the background that sense of colonial rule which by the time this painting comes into being, in Dublin at least, it's a different story. So she's very keenly aware of it, and as a Belfast-born artist as well, keenly aware of it. I never thought I'd talk so much politics and history as a result of looking at a work of art. I know, and I suppose it's a gateway or some sort of portal into the past. Mm. But I think when I I look at this, of course we see 1916, but we must also see Europe in the 1940s and I think she's doing both she's 
thinking about our nation's history, but she's thinking about our shared history with Europe. Mm. And she's also, I think, talking about the hardships of the now, which was, you know, um, coming into the 1950s, a very difficult decade for Ireland. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Many people had to leave to find work. It's part of a mood. So I think this can become quite a universal image. I was having a look at some of her other works as well, and thankfully there are happier paintings. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're very lucky to have three works by her in the collection. Oh, great. The other two, um, Saura Thov, has quite um, an amorous couple lying <laughs> in the hedge <laughs> on a summer's <laughs> day. And the other one, Trascola, Knockfala Tirconnell, is a gorgeous image of school kids at their desk. In, in Donegal so she she does joy as well as social commentary Interestingly she wasn't just somebody who created great landscapes and social commentaries she also did portraits and murals Yes she did murals for churches and particularly because she was a keen observer of life she was quite a noted portrait artist and so she painted portraits of Chester Beatty Wow. who, of course, gave us that wonderful library in Dublin. Also, Sinead Benny de Valera. Mm-hmm. I think my favourite is in the National Gallery of Ireland and it's a portrait of the actor Michal MacLeamore. Ah, great. Look, I'm going to leave it at that one because the image that I look at at the moment, lasting as it is, I like to kind of put it into the context of the fact that she painted a lot of pictures of Irish life right up until her death in 1981. Originally from Belfast, but settled in Dublin, she certainly documented Irish life on canvas in all its forms and all its shapes. So that's our work of the week this week. If you want to have a look at it yourself, you can just simply go online to crawfordartgallery.ie forward slash work of the week, where you'll also find more stuff as well of interest to the general public, seeing as people can't get into the gallery as yet. Stuff for adults, stuff for teens, children, for family, even for schools, various other things. But at the moment, this was our third work of the week, and it was The Breadline. Painted in around 1950, celebrating the 104th anniversary of the Easter Rising by the wonderful Muriel Brandt. Michael, as always, thanks a million. Thanks a million, Connor.